you are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings 12, this is Corbin Smith, your host for Locked On Seahawks. Joining me for our Wednesday show, my co-host Rob Rang. Loaded show coming up as we're going to look at the key matchups to watch when the Seahawks host the Cowboys on Sunday. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full game replays. You can also replay an entire game and catch all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Now for your lead story here on Locked on Seahawks. Seattle officially placed Bruce Irvin on injured reserve today. He's done for the season with a torn ACL, and the Seahawks aren't going to waste any time getting their first round pick onto the field. Speaking with Pete Carroll a few hours ago, the team will be throwing Jordan Brooks into the starting lineup against the Cowboys on Sunday. He did remain non-committal about where he's going to be lining up, whether it's the weak side or strong side position. Obviously, that's something that's going to be significant to watch going into this game, where they decide to use him. But Rob, all along, the Seahawks were hoping they could ease Brooks into the lineup. He's played 15 defensive snaps the first two games not surprising with the offseason we had that they're trying to be patient with him but you no longer have the flexibility to be able to do that no unfortunately with the injury to Bruce Urban obviously it's going to force the Seahawks to, to reshuffle the deck at the linebacker position and you know you have a, a guy that at six foot 240 pounds can run in the four fives um he's going to be re- going get going up against uh the, the Dallas Cowboys is a player who played at Texas Tech was a four-time uh all-conference player there um you know so you know it's going to just mean that much more to him to have his professional debut at least as a starter going up against the the, the Cowboys. Um, and then what a but what a difficult uh, position to, to put Jordan Brooks in. I mean, you you are going up against an offense that is absolutely loaded with Ezekiel Elliott, of course, in the, in the running game and, and Dak Prescott and, and and the variety of receivers that they have. Uh, so I think that this is an exciting uh, you know exciting promotion for Jordan Brooks, but I think that's absolutely going to be one that the Dallas Cowboys are going to be trying to trying to exploit right off the bat because you have a very excitable rookie linebacker who is an aggressive player. Um, and, and again, the Cowboys have the offense to be able to take advantage of that. Yeah, this is a really tough first challenge in the starting lineup for Jordan Brooks because of Dak Prescott's ability to run the football, very similar to Cam Newton. Maybe not quite the physical freak when it comes to running the ball, but he's athletic enough to tuck and run. He's a big-bodied guy that's hard to bring down. And, of course, you've got Ezekiel Elliott back there as his tag team partner that has torched the Seahawks in the past. He's had really good games against them. He did fumble in that first matchup back in 2018, but he always seems to bust one or two big runs against Seattle's defense. It never fails. And so you got to deal with their RPOs like Bobby Wagner was talking about today. That makes their offense much tougher than a lot of the other ones that Seattle's going to be facing off against. But that said, Pete Carroll, he's been saying this all week. He said it on Monday when he was initially asked about Jordan Brooks that he thinks he's ready to go. There's a reason they've been getting him some reps out there on the field. He's been playing seven, eight reps each of these games on defense. They're trying to get him out there because they think he's ready for a smaller workload. Now he's just going to have to take on a bigger one, potentially playing 
40, 50% of the snaps. And I guess, as I mentioned earlier, I'm really curious to see where they end up using him because he's been playing weak side linebacker almost exclusively in training camp. That's where they had him working at. K.J. Wright early in the offseason, John Schneider said, maybe we'll move him to Sam Linebacker. So Carroll was asked about that today, and he said, you'll see. <laughs> Basically, we'll we'll show you what happens on Sunday. So he wasn't willing to dive any deeper into that. But me personally, I think when you look at his skill set, I would almost rather go with having Jordan Brooks at weak side linebacker right now and move K.J. Wright, who knows all three linebacker spots inside and out, And at this stage of his career, I think he can handle playing off the edge over there really well. I would actually play him at that Sam backer spot. And you could have him still play some snaps at weak side linebacker too when Brooks isn't on the field. But I think you let him play the spot he's most comfortable that he's played throughout training camp. Yeah, I think that that makes the most sense for the rookie Jordan Brooks. Uh, you don't you don't want to overwhelm him, and when you have a player like KJ Wright, you know, in his tenth NFL season, I mean, he is going to have that just the the savvy, um, the experience to be able to handle that transition. And and at his size, six four, two hundred and forty five pounds, um, he is much more built like uh, what what the Seahawks lost with in Bruce Servants, six three, two hundred and fifty pounds. Um, whereas Jordan Brooks, six foot, two hundred and forty pounds, he, he's more built like. Like a, a traditional inside linebacker, like a Bobby Wagner, or 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 a run and chase kind of weak side linebacker spot. So I agree with you. I think that's where his skill set fits in best. Um, you know, to me, this comes down to whether or not KJ Wright feels comfortable with making that transition inside of this week. I mean, that was one of the things that uh, you know when I was up there on the berm watching the Seahawks limited training camp this year, I did notice that 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 KJ Wright was uh, you know lining up along with the defensive lineman and Bruce Irvin and Ben Simmons as far as being one of those undersized kind of pass rushers that was really going up along with the defensive lineman to kind of get those reps rather than just following the linebackers as he's done almost almost exclusively throughout his career and from what I've seen. So I think the Seahawks are well positioned to do that, Corbin. Again, I just think that's something that uh, the Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, is very much going to be looking to try to take advantage of any, uh, you know, any questions, any uh, deer in the headlights looks that they might be having having with Jordan Brooks that weak side position or KJ Raya at a new position that he hasn't played very much. So it's a it's I think that's what fits the players skill sets best. But again, it is very much a challenge, uh, very much a, a gamble. And I think that it's going to wind up being one of the most uh, uh, telling matchups of this actual of, of this game. Yeah, we'll talk about this a little bit later more in depth, but I have a feeling that the Cowboys, now that they know this, you know word's going to trickle to Dallas very quickly, that that's going to be something they're going to be circling in the game plan, that we've got a rookie here that's talented, but he's making his first start. Let's circle and see if we can pick on him in a little bit. So looking forward to see how he ends up playing in his first start in Seattle's defense. When we come back for the second quarter, speaking of matchups, We're going to talk Seahawks offense against Cowboys defense. Seattle's had a lot of success scoring points. Dallas has not had much success stopping anybody to this point. So going to be a very fascinating matchup there at CenturyLink Field. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. 
is all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Welcome back to the Locked On Seahawks podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Joining me for our Wednesday show, Rob Rang. Throughout the next two quarters, we're going to be breaking down all of the decisive matchups to watch as the Seahawks tangle with the Cowboys on Sunday in their Week 3 matchup at an empty CenturyLink field. It's still very surreal not seeing fans out there, but that's just the way that it is to play football in 2020, at least for most teams. Let's talk Seahawks offense versus Cowboys defense. Russell Wilson, he has been cooking nine touchdowns in the first two games. He's on pace right now for 72 passing touchdowns. Don't expect that pace to be continued throughout the season. If he does, it'll be the greatest season, by and large, by an NFL quarterback ever. But he's going up against a secondary. I think we have to circle this first when we're talking matchups here. Chidobe Awuzie, one of their starting corners, is dealing with a hamstring injury. And their other starting corner, first-round pick out of Alabama, Trayvon Diggs, He is also dealing with a shoulder injury. So both of those guys did not practice on Wednesday. And you and I were talking about this before the show, Rob. They haven't been able to stop anybody with them in the lineup. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing is they were absolutely torched by the Atlanta Falcons last week before the Falcons wound up, you know, losing that game late. But but at the same time, they really have struggled to be able to slow down passing offenses. And no one is playing at a higher level than Russell Wilson, just given the talent that he possesses as well, obviously, as what. They have a DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. We we talked the last couple of days about just the the, the impressive performances from David Moore and Freddie Swain as well. Uh, you know the the Seahawks offense looks like it's ready to, to go up against the, the best secondary in the NFL, the one they just beat actually with the New England Patriots. So to look at the Dallas Cowboys and a team that really does uh, appear to be racked by injuries as you talked about, I think that that's got to be the, the logical starting off point. Uh, you know, to really where where the Seattle where was Seattle excuse me is going to be able to try to to attack the Cowboys. And you you look at the the, the depth behind those two highly drafted players. It, it's a bunch of of later round picks. Uh, you know, Jordan Lewis from Michigan is a talent a player coming out uh excuse me talented player coming out of michigan but he hasn't progressed as expected daryl worley is a is a bigger longer guy um who was actually originally with the oakland raiders before uh coming over with dallas reggie robinson is a guy that is, is a rookie from tulsa that you and i talked a lot about as possibly being a fit with the seahawks corbin that they're listing him at safety but because the cowboys have so many problems right now with uh, uh you know with with injuries in their secondary it, it's possible that they might be you moving Robinson all the way back out to the cornerback position. So again, the point is, is this is a, a matchup that, that Russell Wilson, the Seahawks should absolutely be able to exploit. If you've got CJ Goodwin and Jordan Lewis on the outside going against DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, 
you better be making it rain. No offense to those two guys, but that is a matchup advantage on both sides, and the other receivers should have opportunities too. Daryl Worley's been around. He's made some plays in the NFL. They also have Brandon Carr on the roster. He's getting to be an older player, but he's been a good player for a long time too. So they have some guys they can rotate in, but again, even with their starters, they have really struggled to slow down passing attacks these first two games. So you know the Seahawks are going to be looking at looking at that and thinking, okay, we're going to have another opportunity here against a team like in week one that's going to have either inexperienced corners or they're going to have backups in. This is a great opportunity for Russell Wilson to go out there and launch the ball downfield to his star receivers. In order to make that happen, though, the Seahawks have to have protection, which to this point, yes, Russell Wilson's been sacked five times, but I only count two of them being blamed on the offensive line. Two of them, Russell Wilson's held onto the ball a long time and he created the sack himself. And then the other one was just a poor play call, as Brian Schottenheimer said last week in the opener at Atlanta. So the pass protection has actually been pretty darn good for the Seahawks. And Dwayne Brown and Brandon Shell are going to be tested in this game. Everson Griffin, who all the Seahawks fans out there were begging Seattle to sign, and he ended up going to the Cowboys instead. You've got him, you've got Alton Smith, who had not played for five years, I believe, and now he's back on the field. He had a sack in one of their games, so he's been starting the last two weeks after a five-year layoff. And then Demarcus Lawrence, he's on the injury report, did not practice today with a knee issue, but I would be surprised if he's not suiting up for this game. I expect he'll be ready to go by Sunday. you got three experienced veteran pass rushers that can also defend the run there. Going to be a tough test for Dwayne Brown and Brandon Shell going against those three players. Yeah, just as big as the as the matchup we have outside with the receivers and the cornerbacks for Dallas, I, I think that that matchup is rendered mute if the uh, you know if the Seahawks are able to to slow down the Dallas Cowboys and their pass rush because obviously um, that's where it all starts. Um, at, at the same time, I, I absolutely agree with you, Corbin, that the, the Seahawks uh, pass blocking I think has exceeded expectations, and the Dallas Cowboys have a total of two sacks in two games. They have a total of eight quarterback hits in, in two games. Uh, you know, So they're not exactly just terrorizing people. Alden Smith has one of those sacks. Everson Griffin has one of those sacks. Demarcus Lawrence, as you mentioned, is on the injury report with a, with, with a knee injury. And that's something he's been trying to fight through the last couple of weeks and he has been playing he just hasn't been nearly as effective now he is a star when healthy and it would be just like the Dallas Cowboys to uh to basically kind of be doing the same thing that the Seahawks have been doing we've talked about how this kind of the rope a dope and playing things slow you know the Dallas Cowboys of course are one and one right now but they're they, they should they were right there could could have been two and oh and I would argue if they're one of the more talented teams in all of the NFL and so you know that they would love to be able to kind of steal back some of the national uh, storylines by by being a, a Seahawks team right now that is is flying pretty high with an MVP caliber quarterback you know and so I think that that's very much going to be something we can expect is whether it be Demarcus Lawrence whether it be Trevon Diggs whether it be Awuzie the other corner I, I do think that a lot of these players are going to be on the injury reserve or the injury list are going to wind up suiting for the Cowboys on Sunday. Well, this is a big game for Dallas right now because early on they're one and one. That division, the Eagles are 0 and 2 off to a pretty rough start. The Giants are 0 and 2. Washington's 1 and 1. This is a great opportunity early even if you're just 2 and 1 where you can create some separation. If you fall to 1 and 2, somehow this division looks worse than it did last year, which I didn't think was possible. 
But somehow the NFC East looks like it has found another way to redefine NFC least, at least through the first couple weeks. And injuries certainly are not helping the Cowboys situation. But if they have all of those edge rushers available, you know at some point that it's going to click. They haven't had much success getting after the quarterback the first two weeks. But you know with the talent that they've got, that they are going to be able to get it together at some point. So if you've got Lawrence there and he plays better, more like his normal self, Everson Griffin, Alden Smith, They've got the weapons there to be able to turn up the heat a little bit on Russell Wilson. And he historically has not played very well against the Dallas Cowboys. That's worth noting. He is playing against a different coaching staff now. So maybe all those previous matchups are completely a moot point, And he's just playing at a different level right now. But I do think that that's an equalizer here. The Cowboys can get some pressure off the edge with power and finesse. They get some guys there that can do both. And they're able to turn the heat up on Russell Wilson. And he doesn't have the pocket he's had the last two weeks to work with. Then it's going to be a little easier for them to slow down those receivers on the outside because Wilson's not going to be able to get the ball to them downfield. The other matchup that I think you and I are both very intrigued by, I got to get my running back in here. Chris Carson, a better game last week, still didn't get to the 100-yard threshold, a little over 70 rushing yards last week. But he was a big part of that game, giving them a little bit of balance there. And the Patriots can be a tough team to run the ball against. They found some success doing that. The Dallas Cowboys have one of my favorite linebackers who's still a pretty young player coming back from that devastating knee injury he suffered at Notre Dame. Jalen Smith leading the team in tackles has really become a very fine NFL linebacker. And those two, they have hit each other a bunch. You do go back to that playoff game, Jalen Smith was hitting Chris Carson in the line of scrimmage a lot. You know Carson's going to remember that. And he's going to look for a little bit of revenge in this game. Yeah, Jalen Smith is a, is a fa- absolutely fantastic athlete at the linebacker position, and, and Chris Carson is the same at, at the running back position. You know, and, and so I, I think that right off the bat, that just because they're going to be meeting each other as many times as they will, then that's going to be a fun matchup. I think it's one that's going to basically guarantee some of the more physical collisions of this game. And so I think that that's fun. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of linebackers who are fast enough to beat running backs to the edge, and Jalen Smith has that. And they got a good football player in the middle linebacker Joe Thomas as well who I think is going to be right there in the mix uh, I think he's wound up leading the Cowboys and tackles each of the first two games so I, I think that is going to be a fun matchup to watch I think it's going to be one that ultimately it could very well wind up determining who wins this game we talked about this yesterday Corbin that you know the the Seahawks inability to run the ball effectively with Chris Carson a couple of years ago in the playoffs is is one of the reasons why they were one and done um, and lost in Dallas and then their ability to run the football effectively with Carson when they were hosting the, the Cowboys earlier that year was one of the real reasons why they did win that game. And so we know the Seahawks are going to want to let Russell Wilson throw the football. I mean, he's just been so good so far that you have to go with that, especially with this this weakened secondary by the Cowboys. But, you know, you're just not paying attention if you think that the Seahawks aren't going to be featuring Chris Carson every opportunity they get. And it's worth noting the Cowboys lost Gerald McCoy before the season even started. They do have Dontari Poe in the middle. Tristan Hill is an intriguing second-year player. So there's some talent there. Neville Gallimore, the rookie out of Oklahoma. They've got some pieces, but in in particular with Gallimore, I never thought he was a great run defender in college. Tristan Hill has been very questionable in that regard. So... I have to believe that they're going into this game thinking we like our matchups with our guards against the defensive tackles they have. Poe is still a very solid player. But I think they're going to look at this game and think we can run the ball on these guys just as much as we can pass on them. So I do think Chris Carson's going to get plenty of touches. And you may see quite a bit of Carlos Hyde in this game as well, especially considering the line situation. 
You see plenty of Jalen Smith flying around the field, too. He's as good as you're going to find in terms of athleticism at that linebacker spot. When we come back for the third quarter, we're going to swing over to the Seahawks' defense against the Cowboys' offense. A lot of similar storylines here with Dallas being loaded at wide receiver and in the skill position. Seattle still some question marks and how they're going to slow down some of those weapons. You won't want to miss it. We'll be right back. You're listening to Locked On Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code Locked On and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie. Welcome back to the Locked On Seahawks podcast Wednesday edition. I'm your host Corbin Smith joined by Rob Rang continuing to break down key matchups to watch when the Seahawks face off against the Cowboys at CenturyLink Field this weekend. We just broke down the Seahawks offense against the Cowboys defense. Let's switch gears here. Seahawks defense against the Cowboys offense. A lot of similar themes here. Dallas has a ton of weapons on the outside. Obviously, Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield as well. The Seahawks defense, they've been able to get stops when they need them, but they've also given up 831 passing yards through two games. The second most through week one and week two in NFL history. And so there are plenty of question marks there about getting pressure on the opposing quarterback and limiting yards in the passing game. So I would be remiss not to mention this first, Rob. The Cowboys trio of receivers. Amari Cooper has played really well against the Seahawks the couple times he's been with the Cowboys and they played against him. You've got Michael Gallup, who has been an emerging young receiver for them out of Colorado State. And then, of course, they used a first-round pick on CeeDee Lamb, who fell to the middle of the first round, and they immediately plucked him up. So you just added another dynamic potential number one caliber talent at receiver to go with Dak Prescott and now the Seahawks cornerbacks without Marquise Blair in the slot now Ugo Amadi replacing him they're going to have to try to slow down that trio of receivers they're going to (laughs) try you know that's the thing is I think this is going to be one of those matchups where uh you know get your popcorn ready as one former cowboy used to say you know because I I think that you are going to see two explosive offenses take advantage of uh, of, in one case a very injured uh secondary with the Dallas Cowboys obviously that the injury of Marquise Blair um limits the Seahawks but but he is he was you know even at his best was considered more of like a you know kind of starter not one of your full time guys whereas the the Cowboys have injuries to, to both their starting cornerbacks at this spot as well as some transition at the safety position they are in, in much uh, more unfamiliar waters so to speak than the Seahawks would be in the secondary but yet all of that said the the, the Cowboys have a, a fantastic quarterback in Dak Prescott and the three receivers that you just mentioned Corbin are, are absolutely fantastic they are as good of a trio as there is in the NFL and, and and that's really hard to say when one of them is a rookie um, but at the same time as you mentioned C.D. Lamb there's a lot of people who thought that he was number one receiver in this draft class and for him to fall down to the middle portion of the first round you know it was very obvious what the, the needs for the Cowboys were and yet they still wound up going with the receiver because he was just that gifted and and he is having an immediate uh, impact for 
for the Dallas Cowboys. So I think that this is the matchup to watch. I think that, that Seattle has the has the size you know, to be able to, uh, to to play with these guys when the, the ball is at its highest point. My concern is that all three of these receivers, Cooper, Lamb, and Gallup, can can make you miss in a, in a small area, and and they can take it the distance. And so it's it, it's going to be incumbent on on probably Quandre Diggs playing that free safety position to make sure that he's taking good angles to the ball, and then the Seahawks make sure they're rallying to the football to make sure that these receivers don't break big ones, uh, you know, 30, 40, 50 yard gainer types. The Seahawks have to be thrilled that they're going to have Quandre Diggs back in the lineup after he missed the last three quarters of Sunday's game following an ejection for a helmet-to-helmet hit. They have to be thrilled because if you had to play Lano Hill back there in that situation, that would be the least ideal of circumstances. And again, Lano Hill made some decent plays the other night. He's just not a free safety. And so getting Quandre Diggs back for this game is going to be huge. And you need him to play with his A game going up against this trio of receivers. I'm really fascinated to watch Shaquille Griffin up against Amari Cooper again because those two had some pretty good fights going in the playoff game a couple years ago. And Griffin actually made a few plays in that game. Unfortunately, he had that play in the run defense category where he allowed Ezekiel Elliott to break contain. But there were some nice plays for Shaquille Griffin. And it's worth noting, Quentin Dunbar... He knows these guys really, really well. Played against him twice a year when he was in Washington. And so this is an opportunity for him to continue building off that strong performance last week where he got an interception. He almost had a pick six in another play. So he's going to get some opportunities maybe to jump routes against those receivers. He's going to be tested, but he is familiar with these guys and he's familiar with Dak Prescott. So that might be an advantage for the Seahawks here. They do have their top corners available. And of course, Jamal Adams is an X factor to watch. Very similar to what the Seahawks situation was, except their tackles are healthy. The Dallas Cowboys, they've been known the last few years for having one of the best offensive lines in the sport. Right now, they are banged up. Lyle Collins, their starting right tackle, was placed on injured reserve earlier, so he won't play in this game. And Tyron Smith, their left tackle, perennial pro bowler, has been an all-pro several times. He's dealing with a neck issue and did not practice today either. If somehow he cannot go rookie Terrence Steele out of Texas Tech is going to swing from right tackle where he's already in the lineup as a rookie. They're going to have to move him over to left tackle. If there's ever a game where that edge rush is really going to wake up for the Seahawks, it feels like this could be the opportunity for guys like LJ Collier, Benson Mayoa, Alton Robinson is going to get his opportunity this week with Bruce Irvin now being out. He is going to be active. He's going to get some snaps. This is a great chance for those guys off the edge to be able to do some damage and get after Dak Prescott. Yeah, if, if this was a normal game uh, at CenturyLink, then I, I would say that this is the game that the Seahawks would, you could probably, probably pencil in five sacks. And, and I mean that uh, be, just because of the, the advantage that the crowd noise would give you against a, a, a rookie starting right tackle in, in Terrence Steele, possibly um, a, a, an injury-depleted offensive rest of the offensive line. But I, again, as I mentioned before, I, I fully expect that the Wednesday was basically a veteran day off for Tyron Smith and that he's going to be able to play. If he is not, if the Cowboys do not have their all-galaxy left tackle, then that is a huge, huge advantage uh, for the Seahawks. But again, I, I just anticipate that he is going to be able to play. If he does not, um, Terrence Steele swinging back over the left tackle position is a possibility. Um, but I know from, from scouting him at Texas Tech that his last name is, is very applicable here, Steele, and that he is reliable, but he's also stiff. 
And so the, the, if you can get up and under him, uh, then, you know, then, then you have a chance to really getting around the edge on him, um, really being able to turn the corner on him. Um, and, and so I think that the Seattle would, would very much take advantage of that overload to the one side and try and get some, some pressures on, uh, on Dak Prescott. Um, so I, to me, again, the, the offensive line against the, the, the Cowboys offensive line against the Seahawks defensive line is, is absolutely one of the hugest, uh, you know, uh, matchups in this game. But I think that it's all going to come down to just how healthy the Cowboys are. And if they are, then it's not only the pass protection you got to worry about. they got to be able to, you know, they're going to be trying to run the football a lot. And, and while Seattle did a great job against New England last week, the, the Dallas Cowboys are a whole different beast uh, just considering the talent that they have at the running back position as well. Ezekiel Elliott is much better than anything New England's going to throw at you. Sony Michelle is a solid running back. Rex Burkhead is solid. If they would have had James White, obviously a very good receiving running back. So they've got a nice blend of runners there, but they don't have an Ezekiel Elliott. And Dak Prescott, he's very similar to Cam Newton in the sense that he can tuck and run and he can bolt through tackles. If you don't bring your hard hat, he's going to fall forward and pick up extra yardage. And the Cowboys are so darn good at running those RPO plays. Again, Bobby Wagner mentioned this today when I was asking him, what is it about this team and about Prescott that makes them so tough to defend? And he immediately mentioned RPOs first. When you've got a talent like Ezekiel Elliott back there that you have to respect every single time it looks like he might touch the football, especially considering how successful he's been against this team, it puts a lot of pressure on you trying to make a decision about what you're going to commit to when you're dealing with RPOs and the Cowboys have the weapons on the outside to make you pay for it. So very tough situation, even for a veteran like Wagner that's been against Dak Prescott so many times. And then you're throwing a rookie in Jordan Brooks that's never started an NFL game before. And from all accounts, he is a very intelligent, instinctive football player. But this is his first NFL start, and you're playing against an offense that's going to have some some complexities to it. Kellen Moore, their offensive coordinator, is going to dial up some of those RPOs. He is going to put Jordan Brooks in a position where he is in a position of conflict, and he's going to have to try to make decisions, and that's just a really difficult situation for a rookie to be thrown into, especially when you've got a running back as talented as Ezekiel Elliott back there that you can hand the football to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I just look as you talked about with the RPOs. I mean, just to go back to the back to the, the the Cowboys' victory over the Rams. They came back and won that game forty to thirty nine, and they had four touchdowns, Corbin, of uh, of three rushing yards or less. Ezekiel Elliott, one of them. But Dak Prescott had three different rushing touchdowns in, in that game. So it's uh, it, it, obviously the Seahawks were just very successful in, in stopping Cam Newton when they had to at the end of that game, end of the game against the Patriots. But you, you saw Cam Newton be able to run through the Seahawks over over again. Um, and so I think that this is going to be a, a very complicated matchup. I think it's going to be an exciting one. Um, and I'll throw in one other four, a, a fourth different matchup out there that I think is really interesting. That's not really offense, not really defense, but John Fossil who I think is one of the absolute best special teams coordinators in all of the NFL, is now with the Dallas Cowboys after previously being with the Rams. And along with him is Greg Zerline, one of the great uh, long-distance kickers in, in all of the NFL. If this game is the back-and-forth kind of uh, you know matchup that I think it's going to be, I think it's going to come down to the wire and be a thrilling game, then I, I think that the matchup between special teams, especially among the kickers, I, I think could be a fascinating one to watch as well. 
I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that because you just mentioned two guys the Seahawks are very familiar with. Zerline missed a field goal last year that would have beat the Seahawks at CenturyLink Field. So you know he, he's going to be using that as motivation. He wants to get back for that miss. And of course, Fossil has been the architect of some incredible fakes on special teams over the years of the Jeff Fisher era that was maybe the best offense that the Rams had was running fake punts and stuff so the Seahawks know him very well as well so I do think special team is going to factor in a lot in this matchup make sure to follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL you can follow Rob at Rob Rang subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts Stitcher Spotify wherever you listen to your podcast by going to our website lockedonseahawks.com feel free to drop us a review we're always open to critiques. Don't don't be too hard on us, though. Coming up on our Thursday show, it's Crossover Thursday. I'll be joining forces with the Locked On Cowboys crew to further dive into this upcoming Week 3 matchup. Really looking forward to it. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Go Hawks!